0: All right, welcome back to Wednesday night Bible study week two of evangelism training. If you're listening online and you want the handout that we're talking about, you can email info at delraybaptist.org. That's info at delraybaptist.org. So um, last week we began a study in in and about evangelism. And um, did anybody not get one of those handouts? Do you need need one? All right. Um, There you go. Uh, you'll notice here there's three parts: pr- prepare, provoke, and proclaim. Prepare, provoke, and proclaim. Last week we just got through the uh, prepare part, um, and then uh, tonight we're going to spend most of our time on uh, talking about what it means to provoke and what it means to proclaim. Again, this outline I borrowed from a from a buddy named Ashok, um, but uh, I've adjusted a bit of the content here. So, let's. Uh, Let's just walk back through um, as a as way of review um, what we just talked about from Proverbs twenty one thirty one. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. That preparation is a good thing. It's an important thing. So this is why we give time to it. We think it's it's good to step back, say, okay, we're about to go into um, places where we're going to be sharing the gospel with people. We're reclaiming the gospel, and as we're doing that, we want to be thinking about things that are going to help to equip us. So we go in... Uh, ready so we're gonna we're gonna prepare Um, first we talked about the need to depend upon God unless the Lord builds a house the laborer labors in in vain Um, one of the ways we do that is we rest in the power of his word right Romans chapter 1 the the gospel is the power of God for salvation to all who believe so his word is where power comes from so we want to rest in the power of the gospel but also speak scripture Uh, we believe the scripture has has real power then, and I would say the Scripture, uh, um, yeah, is received by faith, I mean, so it's not just some kind of magic wand where you throw it out there, but God God does use it in miraculous ways, so don't be afraid of His Word. Um, then also, we want to trust God to save people. We talked about the First Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 7, where Apollos um, sowed, another watered, and God made it grow. Remember, again, God is the one who who gives growth. And uh, with that, we... we we think it's important to define what success is. Anybody remember what we said success in evangelism is? If you don't remember, you can just look at the quote that I give you there. You can just read it, Grant. It's fine, yeah. Faithfully share the
1: gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit and leave the results up
0: to God. Good, yeah, it's a quote so from... Being
1: faithful
0: to, to and do the rest. Exactly, yeah. So, faithfully share the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit, Leave the results up to God. A Bill, Bill Bright quote there... Um, yeah, just your job is to be faithful in proclaiming it, and like you said, just just leave it up to him. Uh, we use that Mark four reference there of the sower that we mentioned a moment ago, who sows seeds, goes to sleep, wakes up, stuff happened. How we don't know. God did it. He makes it grow. Um, pray, pray, pray. First Thessalonians chapter five tells us this is God's will for us to be praying without ceasing. Pray for open doors from Colossians four. Um, Pray for your heart to be humble and courageous. We looked at Ephesians 6 there where Paul, the Apostle Paul says, pray for me to have boldness, which was really encouraging for me. If the Apostle Paul needs boldness, how much more me? Uh, but we want to have both humble and courageous hearts. We also want to pray for specific people. We looked at Paul's uh, desire for Jewish people to be saved in Romans 9 and 10. We also uh, want to pray with other believers just mark the early church, and we want this to be what's marking us as well, that we're regularly praying with one another um, for one another to be faithful, and then also for specific people that we want to see come to know the Lord. Um, And then also we want to pray for laborers to be raised up, that God would send out laborers into the harvest. So depend upon God. Then we talk about uh, deepening your knowledge. and gave a number of of um, Scripture references there from Romans 12, Colossians 1, 1 Peter 2, and 2 Peter 3.18. But we need to read the Bible regularly, that some of the best conversations that you're going to have with other people are just going to be birthed out of the overflow of your devotional time with the Lord. So just be in the Word regularly, and it produces life out of you. Um, This is true for all arenas, including evangelism. I can't tell you how many times I've been having conversations with somebody, and just something that I had read in the, the Word earlier that day or earlier that week just kind of comes out. Um, and that's God uses that. Also be applying the gospel regularly, applying the scriptures regularly. So as you're you're not just reading to get information, but you're you're looking of how does this move me to a life of of worship. Also memorize the gospel. And we talked about um, how we do think it's important to to know what you intend to communicate to people so we spent time last time thinking about uh, god who he is and what he requires us how we've fallen short of his glory jesus how he came died rose calls us to repent and then the right response which is to turn from our sin and to trust in christ so god people jesus response those four big ideas we always want to have in mind and then also just encourage you to read books on evangelism. And I said if you're ever in short supply, I've got quite a number of those that I'd be happy to pass on to you. But it helps you to be hearing um, good wisdom from brothers and sisters about how to, how to proclaim the gospel. So that was, that was prepare. That was everything we went over last time. Anybody have uh, any questions, comments, anything that you think we need to, to revisit there before we move into our, our next section, which is about provoking? For those of you who weren't here last time, um, the first session is—it was recorded, and there was quite a bit of good conversation in there, so I encourage you to, to check that out. All right, so after you prepared, um, or even I would say oh, there's a lifetime of preparation that's going on, so this is kind of the backdrop all the time. We're always preparing. Um, we should also be seeking to provoke. Now, this could sound a negative thing, especially if you had... Um, uh, brothers and sisters, you may be thinking of a different kind of provoking. Um, we're, we're talking here about a positive provoking. But the, by the way that you live and speak and act and everything that you do, it's going to stand out as distinct. People will notice it, people will hear it, and God will use that to build platforms for opportunity to share the gospel, open doors, all those things. So um, let's go over to 1 Peter chapter 3 for a moment. 1 Peter 3. Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, chapter three, verse uh, fifteen is where we're heading. Let's um, let's go ahead and pick it up here in verse fourteen. Somebody read for us First Peter three, fourteen, and uh, let's go actually fourteen through.
2: those who revile you,
0: your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Good. So notice here, um, he's talking about suffering for righteousness' sake here. And, and the command in verse 15 is: In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Or another translation says: Set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts. There's a, there's a very real sense in which Christians, this is the posture that Christians have all the time, that Jesus is Lord. He is the holy Lord, He is my Lord, He reigns over me, He is my King, He is my God, He is my Savior. So whatever He says goes, that's what it means for Him to be to be Lord. Now, when that happens, what's gonna to happen to your life?
3: Ostensibly it'll be
2: more moral, more loving, more like Christ.
0: Yeah, it's gonna change absolutely everything about you. I mean, it's going mean, to affect everything. All the stuff that you're saying there and everything else. A to Z in your life is going to look different if Jesus is your Lord. Um, now, if that's the case, then he says you need to be ready. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. So notice here what is tied to Christ being the Lord of your, your life. Hope. There is going to be a hopefulness that characterizes the Christian that's weird. Just when the whole world's going to pot, I mean, everything is just going downhill. Everything's <laughs> on fire. It's a big dumpster fire. Christians are not, not unaware that things are hard, not desensitized to it, but are in a sense, a very real sense, sustained in a hopeful way because we know that this is not the end of the story, right? Right? Now, with, when you have hopefulness, joy, freedom, life in the midst of dark days, because Christ is your Lord, what's going to happen to everybody who's around you? You're gonna what's wrong with you? Right? <laughs> what, why? Why do you have peace in the midst of such affliction? What's going on? Right? And this is where he says you need to be ready to have a defense, to be able to explain, this is, this is what's happened to me, this is why I have, this is why I have hope. Now, how does he tell you to do it there in verse 15? Gentleness
4: and respect.
0: Yeah. So there is a gentleness and a respect. Both are important. Talk to me about gentleness and respect in regards to living among non-believers. How does how does this give me something on both of those? Gentleness and respect. Oh. Good. So there's going to be a humility here that's going to produce a gentleness um, a humility and, and what else far
2: respect you going to do more listening i think mm-hmm.
0: so there's there's certainly going to be really important times to, to show to show respect by listening yeah i mean certainly we as christians believe we 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 don't know all things but we do know the most important things not a not exhaustively but we know the truth of the gospel right but a way to show respect to other image bearers is to listen to ask questions to learn about them i think it's a really important thing to do um now that doesn't mean that all you ever do is listen that can also that can be a way out where you're just always the learner oh tell me more you know um well, there's a place for that, but there's also a place to, to, to speak, right? And as you do, we do it with gentleness. Now, this is where I think the, the bigger your God is, and the more you really believe the proverb that we started with um, about the fact that, yeah, the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. The more do you really believe in God's sovereignty, that He is the one who changes hearts, the easier it is to be gentle. The easier it is to be patient the easier it is to just rest and to not feel like you've got to just shove it down somebody's throat or just jab, get jabs in there at people because you realize, wait, the Lord, the Lord has been so kind to me, so gentle with me, so patient with me. What this does is it produces a a posture among non-believers that should be bold and courageous and gentle and compassionate at the same time. So meekness does not equal weak, weakness. There's, there's a tender strength that the Christian has that's rooted in the hope that Christ is Lord and He's coming back, and by His grace, we have good news that saves souls. Does that make sense? That posture is really important. Because when Christ is the, the Lord of all of your life, it, it sets you apart and it does open doors. God uses that to open doors.
4: What's kinda neat is, is God gets the glory in the preparation for battle mm-hmm. and he does everything to win the battle for mm-hmm. whoever he uses. And the same thing occurs in this. Mm-hmm. So you've got battle and you've got humility. Yep. Both ends of the spectrum.
0: Yep. That's good. It's a good word, Brian. Now, the way that we're going to interact with people with this posture is going to show up in both how we speak and how we live. Okay, so let's, let's look first here at how you, you speak. So if you're in 1 Peter, hang a left to Colossians, Colossians 4, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians chapter 4 just because I don't think we're going to read it again, let's start back up at verse 2. Some really important verses here when we think about evangelism. So I'm going to read for us four, two down through 4.
4: Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time,
0: Good. So keep praying. As you're praying, be watchful, meaning you're expecting God to open doors. Also, pray that God would open doors for the Word, the Word of God, to be declared, um, and that He might make it clear in how He ought to speak. So those are great things to be praying about. God, open doors. God, give me the words to say. God, know me. help me to know when to say, what to say, how to say it, right? Um, now, with that, then verse 5. Go ahead. Keep going, Brian.
4: Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person.
0: Good. Do you notice this this, this picture here? Walk in wisdom toward outsiders. This is talking about non-believers here. Walk in wisdom with them, making the best use of time. So you notice here, we walk aware that the hourglass... And all the grains of sand in it are, are sinking. Time is running out. We are getting closer to the day of judgment, the great white throne. We're getting closer. So there's an awareness of, uh, yeah, of time, which creates what? Urgency. urgency. There's an urgency that ought to accompany our living and our walking and our, uh, our, our evangelism. There is an Urgency. Making the best use of your time. So we want to be stewards, not only of the gospel message, but of the moments that we have to proclaim the gospel message. As you're doing that, verse 6, let your speech always be gracious. So tied to the, the humility and the gentleness we heard earlier. Seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Now this seasoned with salt uh, there's, there's certainly discussion, but I, I think the idea here is that when you add salt to something, um, certainly there's preservative effect, but there's there's a sense in which you know when something's got salt in it because you can taste it. It sets it apart. So there's something about the Christian speech that as we talk, there's something about it that's different. Um, and it's not just the posture, but there's content here um, of of wise things that we should be saying. So... As you walk as a Christian and you have interactions with people, I, I don't know how else to say this other than speak like a Christian speaks. Like, don't be ashamed that you're a Christian. This is just who you are. So, it, I think it's unhelpful to you know, develop relationships with people and then, like, three months in, like, drop the Jesus bomb. Oh, by the way, I love Jesus. Like, and then they're like, You're a what? <laughs> you're a Christian? And, like, that n- I never would have known. Like, if that's the response, I just think that's probably not the best, the best deal. And I'm not saying that the first thing you need to say is, Hi, I'm Grant, and I love God. You know, like, I'm not saying that's it either, right? But I do think there needs to be, who, who are you? If you're a Christian, your life should just simply be, be set apart. So everybody's going to do that just a little bit differently and what that looks like. But I just want to encourage you not to hide who you are. Don't, don't, don't hide it. Um, a couple ways to do that in speaking as a Christian. One is being an an, uh, be an an encourager with your words. Be a grace giver. So uh, go to the left. Galatians, Ephesians. Go to Ephesians four for just a moment. Ephesians four, um, verse uh, twenty nine. Somebody read four twenty nine there. So There's a command to how you relate within the church certainly but this this applies to anybody I believe verse
4: 29 Let no, no I'm sorry. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it give grace to those
0: who hear. Huh. Think about that. What Does that just sound like your workplace? Everyone just giving grace to one another <laughs> always holding back such negative gum, grumbling and gossip and all that kind of stuff. Isn't that what it sounds like in your workplace? Probably not, unless you, hopefully, unless you work here, you know, then <laughs> hopefully so. Uh, but, um, but then what happens if the Christian does do this? It's,
2: different.
0: it's just different. And over time, the difference really means something. Now, it'll irritate the fire out of some people and they'll never want to be around you, and that's totally fine. But you might even be surprised how those people eventually might be like, all right, what's, what's up with you? Like, that that actually happened to me when I was a non-Christian. I was on a, I was on a um, study abroad. Uh, there was not much studying, but I was abroad. <laughs> I was doing a tour of Europe. I um, was in the middle of my junior year. And I, there was this guy who was on our our in our class, who um, he was set apart. He was just, he was a different guy. Um, He had some quirky stuff, but who doesn't, right? But like he, he was set apart though. He wouldn't go out partying with us. He wouldn't go out doing all the things that we were doing. He wasn't, you know, yeah, he just, he wasn't doing all the things that we were doing, but he was always happy. Like, skipping around leprechaun kind of happy. He was a little, little, little too happy for me, but, and it wore me out. But he was always so nice, so positive, so encouraging. And I remember one time we were on the train, and uh, he's just sitting there grinning like he always did. And I'd, I'd, had, a, I'd had, had a few, and I, I went over to him, and I was like, all right, why are you always so stinking happy? <laughs> or something like that. And uh, he's like, well, because I'm a Christian. And I was like, and I said, well, I'm a Christian, and he looked at me, he goes, you are? Which is not what you want to hear when you tell somebody that you're a Christian. Um, but it opened a good dialogue. And I remember how it stuck with me. And I blew him off for the rest of the trip. He would have thought it was just another one of those interactions. But God used it. Like he, he it, was a, it was a little bit of seed that he threw in there. And he was different. And after I became a Christian, I remembered thinking about, an old coach that I used to have, who, whenever we used to play basketball, he just, the words that he would use on the court were just different than the words everybody else would use. He just wouldn't cuss, but if he'd mess up, he'd say, gummit," you know, like that was his thing. He was just, he was, you know, but he just would not say the things that everybody else said. And I remember I asked him one time, why do you always say gummit'?" And he's like, well, I'm, I'm a Christian and, and he said, you know, so I want, to, I want to try to not cuss or something like that. And it was just one little thing like that. But after I became a Christian, like a decade after all of that, it came. the Lord brought it to mind. So I just want to encourage you to understand that being nice to people is not the gospel. But being kind, gentle, courageous, truth-speaking, grace-giving in your words affirms the gospel message. It supports the gospel message. It doesn't contradict the gospel message. What you don't want to happen is you live in such a way that when you start speaking to somebody you start telling them about Jesus who came, they're like, and you believe that? It should be like, you know what? That, that makes sense by the way that, that you speak to other people. Um, so don't be a gossip. Don't be a slanderer. Um, also, First of all, anybody have any questions about that or comments or, or thoughts before I give one other thing about speech?
3: I think that's encouraging because I feel like a lot of times we think gospel, we have to be saying from A to Z the entire gospel. But really, mm-hmm. like you're saying, you remember these little nuggets mm-hmm. that have carried you through, and we are we're constantly
0: planting seeds no matter where we go, mm-hmm. what we say, what we do. People are watching. Yep. Yeah, I think that's it's very true. And, and, and obviously, I'm not saying that we don't need to speak the gospel. We do need to. We're going to get to that, proclaim the gospel. But you're 100% right, and we should be encouraged that God uses all these little things. Um, so, so be mindful of that. It's good. So maybe one question for
2: clarification is uh, clearly don't gossip. be understood as gentleness or, or how we speak is sort of being just this mellow mm-hmm. flat line if, if one were to take it to that extreme, right? Yeah. And then there's there's extremes you can take it to. You can take it to the you know be extremely passive and, and not engaged in what's happening mm-hmm. in, in your workplace or in your context. So to so this idea of growing say and, and you're seeing issues that others are legitimately you want to be a
0: yeah. You want to be a good employee. Mm-hmm. So part of being a good employee is you want to be, you want to you want to stand up for what's right. Mm-hmm. Like you want to be an advocate for people who might be mistreated, or you want to ensure that you know just wages are being paid, or you want to ensure that people who have authority are using it well. But it's the way we go about those things It should be distinctly different. It should always be in the light. It should not be underhanded and backstabbing and all the other different kinds of manipulative ways that people do things. It should be very, people should know that you are up front, all cards are always on the table. They know what they get when they deal with Babatunde. Like, Babatunde is just, he's a different dude. Like, he's just not gonna, he's not gonna, and what that does over time, it'll make them trust you. They may not like it because it'll irritate them. And sometimes it's like you're the walking conscience, right? Like you're like, oh gosh, don't, oh, don't say that because the opportunity is around. You know, like that, they, you'll get that. I mean, like I got that when I worked at the restaurant. They were like, oh, here comes the conscience, you know? And I'm like, I didn't say anything. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. And like, it's fine. Just, it doesn't matter. You're not your own anymore, right? But over time, that kind of dealing will be respected and it will be trusted. And even if not, God will use it to expose things, and you just never know. So, be active in your workplace, do good there, ex- ex- you know, show what gospel light looks like. Um, yeah. So I would I would not advocate passivity. No,
2: that's extremely helpful. Just knowing that line between growing. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it is a fine line. It takes wisdom and prayer, and I think that's where you know leaning upon the Lord is really important. One other thing that I would just encourage you to do in regards to speaking seasoned with salt is uh, drop breadcrumbs. Um, what I mean by that is when you're talking with somebody about, so what'd you do this weekend? Yeah, after church, we all went out to eat and done it. So, like, uh, oh, then it goes in their mind, oh, church guy, <laughs> church girl. Um, or maybe, I don't know what your work environment is. Different places that I've worked has been appropriate, others is not, to have just a Bible that I have sitting on my desk. Um, not that I'm always out reading it and being like, turn or burn, you know, like, you don't want to do that mess. But, like, I think having a Bible there, you know, that communicates something. Um, and, again, every workplace is different. You need to, you need to figure out where that's appropriate. But I think um, asking people, so whenever I go to a restaurant, almost always we'll ask the server, is there any way that we can pray? We're about to pray for our food. Is there anything that we can pray for you or your family about? I can't tell you how many times, so I always wait until I get the food, just in case they don't like Christians, I don't want to spit in it, you know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> but I can't tell you how many times, certainly I've gotten a bunch of, no, nah, thanks, I'm good, appreciate it. But I've gotten a lot more, wow, yeah, that really is meaningful. Here's something that's going on, or yes, I have this friend, or whatever it may be. And if you visit a restaurant regularly, and you follow up with them, hey, you, a couple months ago we prayed about your uncle, how's that going? Like, you just will be surprised how God uses those things over time. So that's, that's one of the other things about thinking about provoking, like visiting the same restaurant regularly. I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm saying, but there could be some wisdom there to build rapport, same dry cleaner. So, you know, whatever it may be, going to the same sorts of places regularly, speaking to people, asking for prayer requests. Prayer requests is a really easy way, I think, to begin some of those those conversations. Same thing with uh, neighbors. So, um, we're getting to know all of our neighbors, and so next round, so I'm hoping in the next two weeks, is to hit everybody on our block just going and saying, hey, listen, our family, we pray for the neighbors um, different times. Just want to know if there's anything we'd be praying for you guys about. I'm just going to write some of those things down, and over time, just be following up and building a relationship with them. So... Um, any questions about any of that kind of stuff? Any other suggestions just on dropping breadcrumbs, as it were? You know what's
4: kind of neat is uh, to go back to the battle ready horse. When, when you do that, you practice it, you get used to it. Yep. So it becomes second nature. You don't look like you're acting, sound like mm-hmm. you're acting. And when you do that in a restaurant, and there's not only the server, but people around you hear it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you never know. You never
0: know. Completely agree. Yeah, and I think what you said is really important. The more that this is who you, this is what it means to be a Christian is that you talk to people about God. Like that's just what Christians do. <laughs> this is what we always do. We're talking with people about God. We, we know him, you know? Um, and sometimes it'll be awkward. I fumbled one today at the restaurant. Somebody said something about, yeah, they're not eating, yeah, uh, most people, it's a slow week because nobody's eating meat because of this Lent thing. And I was like, I, sh- I should have come up with something better. I was like, well, we're Baptist. We eat whatever we want. Um, which was, and then he goes, yeah, well, I'm, I'm religious or I'm spiritual but not religious. And I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. And there was a line behind us. So I wanted to go in further, but I know who the guy is. And I'm going I'm to hope to follow up with him. So we, we prayed for an opportunity to do that. Um, but... I, th- I think I could have gone further. But just looking for things and trying to have convos with people, you just, you just never know. So.
2: Eric, yeah, without, without extending it too long, could you tell me what you would have said to the spiritual? Because I've heard it many times, too. What do you say?
0: Yeah, I, so I would just say, hey, listen, I heard a lot of people say the idea that they're spiritual but not religious. Um, what, would you mind sharing with me what that, what that means for you? I'd like to just know, what, is, what does that mean? Because I would actually probably say that that would have characterized me before I became a Christian. Um, and I'm just wondering, what does, that, what does that mean for you? And just just start fishing and asking questions and seeing what comes out and um, just kind of go from, from there to the next thing. So this is where I think asking questions is, is really important because you want to learn these people. So this guy is a guy that works there. You know, I'm, I intend to go back. That's not the healthiest place on the planet, but I was not, I'm going <laughs> to intend to go back um, and, and try and try and follow up more. So good. Cool. All right. So then, how you live? So that's how you speak. Now, how you live? Um, somebody who can get Matthew five sixteen for us. <coughs> Matthew five sixteen. Who who would do that? All right, all right, Grant, you got that. And then uh, Titus two seven and eight. All right, thank you. And then First Peter two twelve. Who get that one? First you know, Peter two twelve, and then somebody Deuteronomy six six through seven. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Let's hear Matthew five sixteen.
1: In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your work, your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven.
0: Mm-hmm. Good. So we want to live in such a way that our good works. Actually, while you're there, go ahead and read fourteen through sixteen. so we don't have to come back to it.
1: You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so don't put a basket over the light, but let it shine. So there should be a distinctiveness, because you are the light of the world, is what he says. Okay, good. Uh, Titus 2, 7 and 8. Show yourself.
1: cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so people may not like your God, but they they got to say, you know what? He knows the fire out of me, but he's always doing good. Um, and when he's not, you know what? He says he's sorry and apologizes. Um, so I think there should be a distinctiveness um, about our lives. Good. First Peter 2.12. It
2: was revealed to them that they were I think that's 112, 2:12. 12,
1: sorry. 2 12. Yeah, sorry.:
2: Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the
0: day of visitation.: Good, on the day of visitation, when the Lord Jesus returns, live in such a way now that it's going to provoke them to give glory to God, that basically is going to bring repentance. And then Deuteronomy 6, 6-7. So this is aimed at parents, but I think it's actually really helpful for just having a gospel mindset. Deuteronomy 6, 6-7. Anybody, Anybody get that one? No? Deuteronomy 6, 6-7. Anybody beat me there? These commandments that I give you today are to be upon you. Good. So notice there, that's gospel life. You have commandments that are to be on your heart, and you take them everywhere you go. So, this is a really, if you want a holistic picture of what the Christian life is to look like. To everywhere you go, you're interacting with everybody and everything with the mindset that Jesus is Lord, that God, there's one God who we are to love with all of our hearts, all mind, and strength, and be loving our neighbors, ourselves, and that affects everything. So that affects the way that you neighbor, the way that you work, the way that you play. So the way you play basketball or soccer or whatever it may be, um, it looks different now because you're a Christian. Um, and yeah, all this to say, you want to be provoking interest in the eyes of others by the way you're speaking and by the way you're living. And this this seems to be a pretty Pretty solid theme throughout the Bible, that your life should look different, sound different, uh, be different for the glory of God and the good of others. So as you're preparing, you also need to be living a life that is provoking interest in the gospel. And if not interest in the gospel, at least not offense to you um, with some kind of spiritual BO where you're just kind of, you know, in your pride and self-righteousness strutting around thinking like you've got it all together. But there's a humility here that's intriguing. Anybody have any questions or even testimonies of ways that God has um, either used this sort of um, evidence to stir others or, or or any questions at all?
2: When you said you can apologize also, if you mm-hmm. have to do something. I, I had an incident last week with my oldest brother. We were walking down a uh, supermarket and somehow we got talking about the purpose of life. Mm-hmm. And I, I said the purpose of life is to God. And, and he looked. It did, he didn't like it, and he went into his thing about what purpose of life was. And I said, "Well, listen. If it doesn't, if what you say doesn't comport with the Bible, then what can I say?" And then it kind of we cut it off. And I did apologize to him the next day. I said, "It all rude. You know, mm. uh, sorry. If, if you don't mind, could you please, in, through email, offer me what you think the purpose is?" Mm. And he did. Yeah. So I have to uh, respond.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's a great example. So there's there's times, <clears throat> yeah, we're just gonna say maybe not say something wrong, but say it in the wrong way, right. and yeah, I think just being sensitive to that um, is that's excellent, Marty. It's really good. It's good, and God God can use that. He certainly does. You know, I I think also being somebody at work that if you if you flip out, lose your you know lose it, or just act crazy or whatever it may be. Um, or sin just against somebody, and you go back and you just say, hey, listen, I, w- I want you to know that yesterday I did this or I said this, and I just want you to know that I, that doesn't represent Jesus very well, and I want to ask you to forgive me. Like, people have no category for that, but it's, it glorifies God, and it's, it's, it opens doors, okay? And it shows a humility and a teachability which commends the gospel. All right, so as we're preparing and provoking with our life and our speech, it's all with the aim to proclaim, like we we want to we want to be proclaiming the gospel, um, and there's a whole bunch of verses here, right? Um, so we just read the Matthew five fourteen through sixteen about not putting a basket over the light. Um, who'd read Matthew twenty eight eighteen through twenty for us? Who can get that one? All right, Bob opportunity today. And then who wants to get Acts 17, 30, and 31? All right, thank you. Romans 10, 14 through 17? Thank you, Grant. 2 Corinthians 4, 5, and 520? All right, thank you. Uh, Ephesians 6, 18? All right. Colossians 128? It's one of my personal favorites. Anybody want to do that? Alright, good. And then First Peter two nine. Who wants to do first Peter two nine? All right, thanks for it. Alright, here we go. Um actually Dean, let's start with uh, let's start with you. Are you there? Let's do this first Peter two, let's do two eight and nine. A stone that causes Holy nation of people belonging to God that even declared the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into. This one form. That's great Did you hear that We're called out of darkness into light, set apart as a priesthood so that you can proclaim the excellencies of him. So that's why you've been you've been called out to proclaim the excellencies of God. So Marty, you might have done it a little rough, but you know what? It's true. That is the purpose of life, right? It is to give God glory. Um, and, and I think, you know, even coming back and, and saying what you did glorifies God a, as well. But, but remember, this is why you're still here. This is why we didn't just hold you down after your baptism, right? This is, this is why you didn't just, one of the reasons, um, this is why the Lord didn't just take you to heaven after you became a Christian. Um, don't worry, we've never done that. Um, <laughs> um, it's so that you can proclaim, right? Um, Colossians one twenty eight.
1: Sure. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature
0: in Christ. Good. Him we proclaim. Christ we proclaim. We do this with the aim that we can present people mature in Christ. So as you're talking to somebody who doesn't know the Lord, in your mind ought be. This person could become a child of God who could be presented to the Lord as a glorious offering, as it were. Um, not that, now, they're not projects. They're people. They're not targets. I mean, they're, 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 they're human. They're people creating God's image. But we do with the mindset of, this may indeed be one of God's children. Like, call them out, Lord. All right? um, Ephesians 6.18
1: Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. It's
0: mm. a good verse, but I don't think that's what I was looking for. I think
1: it's the praying. Keep good
0: at praying. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Keep praying. Good one. <laughs> Sorry about that. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses verse five and then five twenty
3: what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord. Mm-hmm. With ourselves as your servants for Christ, for Jesus' sake. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God.
0: Good. So, so picture that. Your job. What's an ambassador? An, an ambassador is a representative where? In, foreign. In a foreign land. You are ambassadors of heaven in a foreign land, calling out, be reconciled to God. Like this, you're there as a peacemaker, calling out the people, be reconciled to God. He has acted on your
1: behalf in Christ.
0: Romans 10, 14 through 17.
1: How then will they call on him if whom they had not believed? And how are they? are they to hear without someone preaching and how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news but they have they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah says Lord who has believed what he has heard from us so faith comes from hearing and hearing to the word of Christ
0: good God could save people by sending angels writing messages in the sky doing all kinds of other things, but that's not how he chooses to do it. He ordains the end and the means. The means by which people come to know the Lord is through gospel-preaching people. That's what he uses. That's that's how he he does it. Um, Maybe it's gospel-preaching people. Hand somebody a Bible, and they read the Bible and come to know the Lord, but it's through other people. This is how he does it. So, so real quick, who shared the gospel with you? Who's, and I, there may have been a lot of people, but who was the person that God used to draw you to himself? <coughs> Dave. Where's my parents. Your parents. Parents.
2: Neighbors. Dad. Who? Dad. Dad. Probably
3: Luis. Luis.
0: Everybody in here heard it from somebody. That's the way it works. So God uses you. You just speak the word. That's how they hear. Okay. Acts seventeen thirty through thirty one. The times of ignorance God
1: overlooked, but now He commands all people everywhere to repent, because He has fixed a day on which He will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom He has appointed. And at this he
0: Mm-hmm. God will judge the world the evidence of that is Jesus' resurrection the results of that is that now everybody everywhere has been called to repent and to come to the knowledge of the truth the way that's proclaimed is through gospel preachers now, I'm not just talking about Sunday morning I'm talking about every day, every way make his name known and then finally Matthew 28, 18-20
2: and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end
0: of the age. Good. This was a text, if you are here on Sunday, that we heard from. As you are going, make disciples. This is what our, our way of life is about not fearful, but trusting that He is with us to the very end of the age. So do your preparation but know that the battle belongs to the Lord. So proclaim, just as these words say, right? Get out there. That's going to look different for everybody. Um, I don't think everybody has to evangelize in the same exact way. But everybody has the honor and responsibility to proclaim the gospel. So there's, we don't just save that for the evangelists. That's not just for like, the gifted people. Everybody, I, I, yes, there are people who have the gift of evangelism. I remember a guy named Joe in Texas. Like, he's the guy you always want with you. So Joe actually had the gift of evangelism. Like, I would talk to somebody about Jesus for weeks and weeks, and then Joe would just come over and be like, Jesus. And they'd be like, yes! And I'd be like, bad guy. Like, I want that gift, you know? I mean, like, I don't know how many people he saw come to the Lord. Um, I don't have that gift. But everybody has that responsibility and honor to proclaim the gospel. Let God be the one who produces growth and, and, and makes it happen in the right time. So be intentional. Whether that means you're going out and you're street preaching, whether that means that you are um, you know, leaving like legit gospel tracks. So if you're gonna here's the deal. If you're gonna leave a gospel track at dinner, you better put a fat tip in there. Mm -hmm. All right? I'm talking about a fat, nasty tip. Don't leave no like here's twenty dollars, oh are you disappointed? Like don't do that. They don't do that mess. I'll hunt you down. Like seriously, if they see you pray, they better see you pay. Like give them give a fat tip, okay? Um, that's fine. Develop relationships with neighbors, coworkers, family, friends. Talk to them about about Christ. There needs to be proclaiming. Yeah.
3: Okay. So I have at my workplace, right? Mm-hmm. I try to just be aware on around me and in case somebody says something that is spiritual, I can jump in there and, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully bring them a little bit closer to the truth. Um, <clears throat> I sometimes go out with an evangelism team to directly target strangers and engage them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the hardest thing i found is what you seem to be describing somewhere along here and what I've seen in other places is to just deliberately try to start conversations with people that you're already meeting with on a regular basis and the the, the radical form of that is to make friends specifically in the hopes that those at some point you can share the gospel with these people maybe over coffee or something like that. Um, I found it very difficult and not always the most efficient way to to do it. Maybe that could just be me. Mm What would you say? I mean, do you think that is so essential that the average person should be trying to do that particular aspect of it? Because I've, I've heard others talk about this and they, they act like that's like one of the most essential things. You've got to make friends, coworkers, or whatever. Yeah. Specifically, to hope eventually down the road, trying to try and, you know, share well the gospel.
0: Well, I, I want to n- encourage people to not just build friendships only for gospel opportunities. I think it's good to just love people and get to know people, right? Part of being a Christian, though, is you're going to communicate those things. So um, I don't think that friendship evangelism... So first of all, friendship evangelism, if it merely is just friendship with non-Christians, is not evangelism. That's just friendship with non-Christians. So that's what we're talking about. But we are talking about having evangelistic relationships with friends. So, you know, I have a number of people who try to do that with it just I think the issue is it just takes a long time and that's okay so this is where you got to pray that other people would come in and share the gospel as well and I would just encourage you to not grow weary in doing good continue to love people continue to speak truth continue to just be patient and prayerful pray that God will bring other people around Um, so this is why it's not the only kind of evangelism that I do like, I'm mindful to do other things as well. And I, I think it's, yeah, I think that's I think that's wise is awesome. It's good. Also, another thing, I encourage you to get together on this. So, you know, you mentioned going out with other people. I think that's good. So, we, you know, people do that here. Uh, if you come on Sunday nights, you'll hear about different people who are going out in different times and those kinds of things. Um, there, there's good opportunities. Go out with somebody else. Jesus paired people up. Um, yeah. there's. I mean, go to parks, especially now where everything, everybody's coming out of their caves, you know, like this is a good time to say hello to people, talk to people, strike up conversations. Um, yeah, just tell them, hey, listen, we're from a church, you know, over in, over in Del Rey, and um, yeah, we've just been trying to talk to people about about God and about the purpose of life and about, you know, all kinds of spiritual things, and just didn't know if you had any kind of spiritual background at all. Just see what happens. And you know, you want to try and drive the conversation toward, could I share with you uh, what the Bible says is really good news? Tell them the bad news. Tell them the good news. Call them to repent. Say if you want to talk more about that, would love to. Um, get to the Word. I just encourage you, do, do use Scripture as you're sharing. We talked about that last time. And then also just get to praying. Pray, pray, pray that God would open doors and give good fruit. Pray, pray for it. And I'm, I just to be honest, I've been really encouraged watching people praying over these past past you know, 10 days or so, and, and the emails, because I'm soliciting things. So if you have opportunities that have come up, send them to me. I'd love to, to hear more about it, but it's been encouraging to watch God move. I think, I think things are happening, and my prayer is that this will develop more of just who we are, um, to be a people who are always preparing, living in a way that provokes, and seeking to proclaim the gospel. Any other specific questions, comments, insights, prophecies, words of knowledge? <laughs> that you have that would make, yeah, it'd be helpful. You know what's
4: interesting? Um, You mentioned um, God often won't choose to write it in the sky.
1: Mm -hmm.
4: In the garden, he was right there with
1: him. -hmm.
4: And and things didn't go well. They didn't. You know, and so it's like, even if he did, you wonder. Yeah,
0: yeah, I probably wouldn't.
4: And and so he's really placing, it's hard for me because I'm a little bit of an introvert Mm -hmm. to get involved with, Mm-hmm. Um, but this is yeah. Uh, y- you want to be able to get it out there, like sure. as if he had done it in the sky. And when you when I look at the sky, I see it. Sure. Not everybody does. You know. Yeah. Creation's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity right there.
0: Yeah, I was going to so say that's, that's a good know. that's a good avenue that you can use with people. And you know, Brian, you're a normal kind of guy, so that really helps. You're just you're a likable, easy guy. I think just talk to people and just pray that God would use it to show you an open door, buddy. So yeah. Red crumbs. Red crumbs. Good. Grant, do you want to pray for us? Send us out? Yeah. All right.
1: Lord, thank you um, for just your finished work in Christ. You've done for us. Um, for coming to save us when we rejected you and hated you, Lord. You loved us. More than we hated to. Um, we just thank you for all that you've done. And we thank you for this opportunity that we've been given to uh, proclaim your name. Um, the honor that, um, the honor that it is uh, to witness um, to others about you, Lord. I would pray that we would be bold as we go through the week. Uh, that we would not be uh, scared. That we would fear you more than man. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you would give us wisdom in conversations, wisdom in seeking out, um, and just wisdom in, in proclaiming your name, Lord. We pray that we would just be courageous and um, know that we have a God who is bigger than all of our fears, all of our anxieties, and all our situations, Lord. So we just pray that we would point others to you, uh, that we would be reminded of your glory, um, uh, that it would just be uh, spread through this nation. I pray and I pray. Amen.
4: Amen.